with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. All oppressions of the devil, for God was with him. And God is with us. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and God showed us that, <clears throat> that he, when he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom, the word keys, there is a key, and it is the Holy Spirit is the key to the kingdom. And we talked last week as we're going down this, that Jesus said the Holy Spirit is the key to the kingdom, and he will lead you into the kingdom. So we wanted to, we've been talking about uh, to walk as he walked, and the Holy Spirit's here not only just to bless us, but teach us how to walk as Christ walked. Because we are his body here on the earth, and we are his members one of another. And we are his epistles known and read of all men, so we should walk as he walked. So we've been looking at a little different aspect of of what it means to be led of the Spirit. And one of the things I want to talk to you about today is about the Holy Spirit. He is going to lead us into the kingdom. In Luke chapter 16, I want to start reading there. We've got communion today, so I want to just jump right on in here. In, in Luke chapter 16, he says in verse 13, No servant can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also who were covetous heard these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, You are they which justify yourself before men. But God knows your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I read that to the pastor today. How much of the stuff that's still in our thinking that we, we, we look at and we think highly of in the sight of this world, the sight of man, and we think it's okay, which is really an abomination to God. How far has our thinking gone below what it should be thinking? If we be risen with Christ, we need to set our mind on things above, not on things of the earth. And I've said before, you have an old mind and you have a new mind. You have a choice which mind you want to be in. See, it's your choice. And he says, that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination to God. Now look at the next verse. The law and the prophets were unto John. Why was he saying that? Because he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees that were lawgivers. They were the keeper of the laws. I have a feeling it's tied with this verse before. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. You know, we've, they've said that's, that's to violently or forced into it or violently going in. But really that word means rushed into it with eagerness. Say that. Rushed into it with eagerness. They hear the good news of the kingdom and you want to rush into it with eagerness. Yeah. It's not violent to get into. It's your father's good pleasure to give it to you. He wants you to have it. It means hurry up and get into it quickly. Because that's such a relief. Come unto me, all you that are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn me, and you'll find rest for your souls. <clears throat> and we see that. They derided, derided him because of his value system. You know, our value systems, you know, I remember back in, in see the, and I want you to keep this in mind. The Holy Spirit is the one that's leading us into the kingdom. Now, you remember in, in the 1 Corinthians 6, and I'm saying this for a reason. I'm going somewhere with so don't shoot me down. 1 Corinthians 6, he says, Know ye not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom. What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit here? To lead you into what? The kingdom which is righteous. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom. Neither fornicators, adulterers, effeminate, homosexual, covetous, thieves will inherit the kingdom. 
But catch this. But such were some of you. We've had the privilege of leading many homosexuals into freedom. Because they say, well, I was born that way. Well, I was born a sinner. You were born something else. I was a thief when I was a kid. Come on now, don't shut me down. See, we all were something, but we're not that anymore. That's not who we are. We've been washed clean, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, we beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord Jesus, are being transformed into his very image by the Spirit. Holy Spirit's here to guide us into that. He's the one that leads us into that. And But we're living in days, saints, that, that you've got to understand. I remember reading this in Isaiah back when I first got saved, and I thought, how could that ever happen? I said, how could this ever happen? In Isaiah chapter 5. I want to start reading <clears throat> in verse, uh, okay, verse 20. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, that's pride of this life, and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that mighty to drink wine, men that drink strong drink. We're living in a day where the churches think that's fine. But it's a, there's a woe there. There's a woe there. Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. We're living in that generation that I thought would never come. And we see the reversal of what he's saying about the kingdom and the world we live in. Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. And that's why the scripture says, love not this world system. Don't get too attached to this stuff that's highly esteemed among men. We are living, our, our citizenship is in heaven. It's in a new, new place. And, and this is called the great reversal that we're, we've coming into. And as I looked at that, and I was thinking, this, what's going on in our, our, our government today? You know, age is the first contagious disease that's protected by law. Abortion, protected by law. Same-sex marriage, protected by law. Everything God says is wrong is protected by law as right. Good is evil, and evil is good. And if you come against it, you're the one that's evil. You think of that clerk, uh, Kim Davis, jailed because as a Christian, she could not sign this marriage license where two men wanted to get married. She said, I can't do it with a clear conscience. She was put in jail. Now, we don't even want to talk about what would have happened to those folks in the Old Testament, much less under grace. See, I'm talking about reversal of thinking. You know, God said in Isaiah 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then he talks about that every word that proceeds from his mouth is going to come back for what he sent it for. And so he sees, but see, now, under the exchange life, we have the mind of Christ. His ways are our ways. His thoughts are our thoughts. And, and we should live the way the scripture says that we should think and we should walk as, as he walked. So that's this, what the Holy Spirit's trying to bring us into a system. Who would have ever thought that we're living in a time when many shall depart from the faith? How? Giving heed to seducing spirits. I remember preaching a message we talked about in the coffee shop 30 years ago, 20-something years ago, anyhow. 
getting used to the dark. I've been into one bar in my life, but I remember going into that bar after a bowling night one night. The guys wanted to go have a beer, so I went with them. And that was before I was a Christian. And I don't even know if I had a beer. But anyhow, I remember going into the bar and how dark it was. You couldn't see nothing or anything. But the longer you sat there, the lighter it got. Getting used to the dark. I got to thinking. I tried to pull the message up. It's back in DOS system. That'll tell you how long ago it was. The notes are in DOS somewhere lost in DOS. But we are getting used to the dark. We're calling good evil and evil good. That's, that's where we're living today. But he said, woe to those that do that. And then you, you look at the guy that in, in Colorado that refused to bake a cake for two guys for their marriage. And the, the Colorado said they couldn't do that. That's discrimination. They lost their business. So you, we're living in days where what we thought think is right, the world says is wrong. There's a conflict happening going on right now. There's a lot of woes going on. And, and you, you look, Phil Robertson, Duck Dynasty. Somebody was interviewing him and said, what about homosexuality? He said, well, it's a sin. Well, they tried to close the showdown until they had so much flack from everybody that they had to let them go back on. But so's adultery. So's fornication. So's stealing. So's everything else. Because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Are we going to get to the place where we can't even address what's wrong in this world? Because it's sin? That's where we're living. The world's saying that you can't do that anymore. That's hate crime. But I'm telling you, we got to stand up for what's right. We got to think what's right. We got to believe what's right and, and ask Him to help us. See, why did He give us the Holy Spirit? To teach us what's right. Yes. To bring self restraint into our life. The Holy Spirit is the great restrainer. I want you to see something in 2 Thessalonians. Now, I hope you don't take this. I don't like necessarily preaching this stuff. But I want to tell you one thing. Paul said he didn't shun to preach the whole gospel. We don't need a part gospel. We need the whole gospel. We need it all. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And he's talking that about uh, chapter 2. Let me just go ahead. Now we beseech you, brethren, verse 1, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled in spirit by word nor letter from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means that that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Listen, why do we fall away? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil, getting used to the dark. What used to really be bad is not that bad anymore. Give me an amen or no me. You know, adultery used to be adultery. Now it's free love. Sodomy used to be sodomy, but, but now it's gay. What's happening to our thinking? See, it's, it's trying to be reversed where you call it good and call anybody that says anything negative is bad. Okay. It says that the man of sin must be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that's called God or is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself as God. My body is the temple of what? <clears throat> the, Holy the Holy Spirit. The natural mind, my own natural mind is not subject to God and neither can it be. Right. It's not subject. It's sitting in this temple opposing everything that is of God. 
He's not talking about a literal temple. That may happen. But God does not dwell in temples made with hands anymore. When the veil was rent from top to bottom, he made a show right there and that came to an end. The Most High dwells in these temples now. And there it is sitting in the temple of God showing himself as God. He says, now you know, now look in here. Remember you not that when I was with, I told you these things. And now you know what withhold us. That's the Holy Spirit that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity is already at work. And now who let us will let until he's taken out. Well, that's King James stuff. All it means is the Holy Spirit is now resisting all this stuff. He's the one that's the restrainer. The Holy Spirit has come into our life to make us where we can, what? Be self, what? Resist self. Self-resistant. He's come to help us be restrain these things in our lives that wants to do these things. He wants us to help us restrain those things. He's called the restrainer. Okay? Now, down here in the footnotes, he says he's referring to the Holy Spirit here. And he says, uh, right here, uh, okay, I want to read it to you. Now, he who lets, denoting that the Antichrist will never be able to be do anything without permission of the Holy Spirit, of course, Verse 7 does not refer to a departure of the Holy Spirit, but that he removes his restraining power. This will allow Satan and Antichrist to have free reign on earth, but whatever happens will help to further God's plans further to his own timetable. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor what? Forsake you. Though Holy Spirit, but there's a time coming when the restrainer is going to pull back and let the Antichrist and Satan do what they will. For why? Because God's purpose is to be fulfilled. But see, my point is this. Why do we have the restrainer in us? To help us restrain. Restraint. That's why he's here. Is to help us to lead and guide us into all truths. So we need that. We need that more than anything else. Because we're in a time when we think that which is real is false. I was thinking about this. We was talking in the coffee shop yesterday about Clint Eastwood, John Wayne. Clint Eastwood knew he wasn't Dirty Harry. He knew he was just an actor. John Wayne knew he was nothing but an actor. But everybody watching them all these years think they're real. That's not who they are. They're actors. They know they're acting apart, but those watching it think it's real. That's a reversal, people. It's not real. But we're living in those days when we think that thing is real. Romans chapter 1, it says that talking about certain groups of people, they exchange the truth of God into a lie. And because they believe a lie, the scripture says, God turned them over to a what? Reprobate mind. Exchange, reverse the truth for a lie. We're living in a time where the truth is not the truth. A lie is the truth. So we got to stand up and see we got to allow the Holy Spirit to, to readjust that thing in our lives. You know, 2 Corinthians 9, 15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift of love. The love of gifts has been exchanged into the, I mean, the gift of love has been exchanged into the love of gifts. Let me say that again. God's gift of love to us has been exchanged into the love of gifts. One of the things God said in, in, in Isaiah chapter 1 is because, why did it fail? Because they love gifts. 
Now, Jesus said, it's written, Jesus said, remember the words, John, I mean, Paul was quoting Acts 20, 35. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ when he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, let me ask you, even in the church today, is it more blessed to give or to receive? How many people really think receives the most important thing? But Jesus said the most important thing is to be able to give, not to receive. Receiving's good, but you see how these things are being reversed in our thinking. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to help you with some of this thinking. Okay, Acts two forty four says they were together on it, and it's, when they got saved, spirit, soul, and body. Acts two forty four they said they had all things common. And he says, no man had a lack because everybody that had the property or land sold the lands and property and gave to every man as they had need. That's spirit, soul, and body. That's the exchange life. That's living in the exchange life because the value systems were beginning to change. We talk about St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. Where did it come from? St. Nicholas was a rich man, but he lived in a country and where this poor beggar man had three daughters. And when these three daughters, when they got up to age to get married, if they didn't have a dowry thing, whatever they call that thing, to get married so somebody would want her, they were sold into slavery or worse. And this rich man, as these three daughters got up to the age of when it was that time, would leave a bag of gold for them sitting on the front porch so they could get married and have normal lives. And he did that for all three of the daughters. What is that? The three wise men, when they came, they came with gold, silver, and got, they came with what? Gifts. gifts giving gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They didn't come to get. They came to give. The scripture says, give expecting nothing in return. Where is all of that? What's, what's happening there without a selfish motive? It's kingdom things. You know, one of the Galatians 5.23, one of the fruits of the Spirit's, uh, Spirit is self-control. It's temperance. He's come to give us temperance, not in some things. In all things is why he's come. Right? What did Paul say? I've learned to be content. How did he learn? Through the things he suffered. He said, I've learned how to be hungry. I've learned how to be abound. I've learned to do all these things. The fruits of an unrestrained life is addiction, manipulation, and control. The fruits of an unrestrained life is addiction, manipulation, and control. Self-restraint. You know, there was a time when I used credit cards because I had to. But most times, credit cards is used because of the absence of self-restraint. I get an amen? I don't have the money, but I can go ahead and get it on credit card. That's created. Our government is operating with that same mindset. No restraint. There is no self-restraint there. That's why we're in such a mess we're in. But the Holy Spirit is here to to lead and guide us into that kind of self-restraint. Living with unrestrained thinking opens the door to all kinds of demonic oppression. 
I remember the story in 2 Kings 20, Hezekiah, when the sons of the king came to Babylon. He showed them everything he had. I mean, he took every room, showed them everything he said. They had, and Isaiah came to him, he said, what did you show them? Did you show them everything? He said, I showed them everything. And Isaiah said, the time's coming when the king of Babylon's going to come in here. He's going to take everything you got, and your sons and your daughters are going to be in slaves, and they're going to take everything you had. And the message Bible says, let me quote it. Worse yet, your sons, the prodigy of your sons you've begotten, will end up as eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, if God says it, it must be good. But he was thinking to himself, it won't happen during my lifetime. I'll enjoy my peace and security as long as I live. It don't matter. I was telling my wife, I saw a bumper sticker on the back of this big, long camper. It said, I'm spending my children's inheritance. An absence of sense of self-restraint. See, we're talking about all the hard times that might come on the, on the earth. What's going to happen if hard times really do come, even to the church that's unrestrained? What was the only requirement Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him do what? And do what? What is the cross for? Death. See, the exchange life is an exchange of self. That old man was crucified with Christ that the body, the root of sin, might be destroyed, which is selfishness. So that we might be raised to walk in what? A new life. See, that's what the Holy Spirit's here to teach us. What does that look like? You look at the life of Jesus, and I know I've got to quit. But you look at the life of Jesus. Though he was the son of God, though he was as God, he thought equality with God nothing to be grasped at. He came and made of himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a, a man, and made in the likeness of a servant. He became a servant to all. And Paul said, let that mind be in you that was also in Christ. First Peter 4, 1 says, that if Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same mind. For he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he should no longer live the rest of his life into the lust of the mind. But for God. See, to be led of the Spirit is going to take you deeper than you may want to go. It may take you further than you want to go. But I want to go. Paul talked in Philippians chapter 3 about, let me just read it. I'm going to quote it to you. Philippians chapter 3. Can you hear me? I don't like it anymore than you like it. Because you know what? I realize how much of my life, the last many years, has not been much self-restraint. Philippians 3.17, people talk about me preaching this stuff. Every time somebody stands up here and preaches this stuff, they're not preaching to you. They got it for themselves and they're just letting you in on it. Okay, anytime I'm up here preaching, you remember first, it hits me first. And I'm just going to share my pain with you. Or my joy, 
or my excitement. To me first and also to you. I'm not preaching down to anybody. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk as so you have us as an example. For many a walk whom I have told you, and I tell you now even weeping, verse 18, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Enemies whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven. Self-centered people, all they want to talk about is their self and their problems. Our conversation, we're dead. Our life is hid in Christ. I set our mind on things above. Our conversation is in heaven. From which we look for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall exchange our vile bodies that it may be fashioned like his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even uh, to subdue all things into himself. How do you like that word, into himself? Is that good? You know, when Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, flesh and blood hadn't shown you that, Peter, but my father showed it to you. And then Peter says, when Jesus started talking about what was going to happen to him, Peter said, ain't going to happen to you. Be it far from you that this should happen to you. And he said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, because you savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. I'm saying we got too much of savoring the things of man and not enough of the savoring of things of God. Mixture. And I'm, I told the pastors, didn't I, John? How much of our thinking today still has tons of mixture in it? Yes. To where we think those things that's highly esteemed among men, God thinks highly esteemed. How much of it really is an abomination to God? Yes. Nearly all of it that's rooted in the old lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But Bible says we should think. We should walk as he walked. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us do that. It's not like you can do it on your own. He's the one that helps you do it. If you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you'll live. Even doing all this has to be a work of the Holy Spirit, the restrainer in our lives. God, think about all Jesus went through. In the volume of the books it is written of me, I come to do your will, O God. Every place he went, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I have many things I'd like to say to you, Jesus said, but I can't say them because he that sent me is true and I can only tell you what he tells me to tell you. Did you know Jesus wanted to tell them a lot more than he could tell them? But he couldn't because he didn't come to do his own will but the will of the Father that sent him. When the devil took him in for 40 days of fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil said, if you be the son of God, command these stones that they might be made bread. Did you know he could have made some hot loaf sliced bread right there? He could have done that. And how many of you know he thought about it? Because he was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. But he said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I'm telling you, we're living in days we better know this word. And we better live by what's written in this word. Because heaven and earth will pass away, but this word will not pass away. So we've got to keep it in our heart and guard our heart from that tendency to move into the worldly thinking. Amen. And resist it. 
We got to resist it. We can't let the government and all these few people tell us what we need to think and how we need to act. I don't know about you, but enough's enough. It is enough. Hmm? Enough is enough. I'll finish it later. Eric, come on up. Still love me? I won't tell you the truth anyhow. You know, as he's coming, I was thinking, you know, we just need to, when, when we get to longing for something, think we've got to have something, we just got to have it. And, and how many of you, like me, that you just thought you got to have this thing, and then you get the thing, and it don't mean near what you thought it should have been? So I get to think, well, I wonder what else I need. That's the reason I'm feeling this way, is there's something else I really need that I don't have. So I start the process all over again, and then you get whatever it is you think you've got to have. The first you know, thing you know, it doesn't do what you thought it should do. We need to let the Holy Spirit keep us from those, those paths. Amen. 